Well, it looks like you all hated me so much that you've given me this award for it. That it can be about the performance and not the politics. This moment is so much bigger than me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. And thank all of you who voted for me. And all of you who didn't, please excuse me. I deserve this. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Academy Queens. I'm a, a villainous whore, Brandon Stanwyck. And there's definitely something wrong with Maria and me, Joey Gentili. And we are here today with a very special bonus episode. Uh, this year has been picked by our patrons, and that is the Ladies of 1965. A very fun year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting year. I mean, there are some films we're going to talk about that I am going to drag to Helen Beck. Um, but it is kind of not so much the supporting ladies, but these uh, a few of these leading ladies really kind of became iconic, not only for the Academy, but pop culture. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued yeah. to um, to get to this one. Um, not only that, but we're ending our Academy journey with a few of these ladies as well. Oh, that's true. This will be um, the last time we talk about Julie Christie. And Julie Andrews. So, mm-hmm. funny about that. Well, we've never spoken Mary Poppins with Julie Andrews. Oh, have we? No, we have not. Okay. So I take that back. Yep, yep. Um, this is the first time we get to... No, we talked about Shelley Winters in our first season. Um, but this is the first... Or no, this is the last Maggie Smith year for us. Oh, yeah, that's true. We're going backwards with her as well. And Ruth Gordon. Yeah, this is uh, her only other acting nomination. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, I... She was nominated, what, three times in screenplay. She was. I was actually going to bring that up shortly. So you beat me to it. Um, But this is also kind of an exciting day. We actually just did a double recording um, because, guys, guess who we talked to today? Literally, like, 20 minutes ago, we just ended Meg Tilly. That was fun. Yeah, that was a very, very good conversation. She is so forthcoming with uh, all kinds of stories and information. I think the listeners are really going to eat it up. (laughs) I actually just got a tweet from Fritz. Hey, Fritz, who sent an amazing gif of a little girl having a tantrum on the ground saying, not jealous at all, because I had uh, just tweeted, guys, we just spent the last 96 minutes with Meg Tilly, and oh my heart, queens, you are in for a treat. So, Fritz, wait until you find out that she answered your question. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, 65. She never answers the question simply. She tells, like, full stories. And I she loved every so second of it. She not only answered Fritz's question, but so much more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I love finding out stuff like that, though, too. Like, you know, our good old friend, Karen Black, um, <laughs> she, like, didn't really like awards, so she kept her Golden Globes in a, in boxes in the attic. Um, so to find out, you know, where actors keep their stuff, like, I just find it fascinating. And we found that out today yeah. with Meg. Um, we did. But yeah, so 1965 won in the patron vote. It was 65 versus 66. Um, I think it was Kristoff that was like, how dare no one have taste with... <laughs> Not voting for 66. But uh, sorry, buddy, you were beaten off this time because you were the only 66 vote, and 65 kind of like really killed it on that vote this year. So um, that surprised me, actually. Me too. I'm not going to lie. 
I wasn't surprised that 65 won. I was surprised by the landslide. Yeah. It won. Yeah. It was, uh, it was quite the interesting journey because I, we were taking butts on it too. So, you know. Yeah. On 65, a little, uh, significant for me because that was the year that I got to join, um, our friend and former guest, Kevin Jacobson on his podcast, talking Dr. Zhivago versus the sound of music. Mm-hmm. So that's where I first started watching a lot of these, uh, pictures. Yeah. And you know what? It's weird though, too, because we've done a few of these sixties and we only have like a handful of them left. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what we end with exactly. Cause we're not going in order here. Um, but without further ado, let us kind of just jump right in here. Um, we've already talked to you guys' ear off for about four and a half minutes. So, um, your nominees for Best Supporting Actress of, or the Best Supporting Actresses of 1965 were... Joyce Redman in Othello, Maggie Smith also in Othello, Ruth Gordon in Inside Daisy Clover, Shelley Winters in A Patch of Blue, and Peggy Wood in The Sound of Music. All right, let us start off with Maggie Smith as Desdemona in Othello. This is her first of six nominations. Now, going into Oscar night, she only had a Golden Globe nomination, but she was nominated at the Globes in Lead Actress in a Drama. Now, if you know anything about Shakespeare and you know anything about Othello, Desdemona is, is, plays, uh, Maggie Smith again plays Desdemona, who's a Venetian beauty who enrages and disappoints her father who's a senator when she uh, elopes with the titular role of Othello in this version played by Laurence Olivier. So I'm glad you get to start off with Othello because uh, I'm quite curious to hear your thoughts on this. So I, I like Othello as a play. I've read it a couple of times for school uh, many years ago. I've seen a couple productions of it. I am not a fan of this version, um, this Laurence Olivier version of Othello, for a few reasons. Um, to focus on Maggie Smith here, uh, um, Desdemona's really, she's not really that interesting of a character. Um, just in Shakespeare's canon overall, and even just in the play Othello, she is far from the most interesting character. She's, um, she's a very innocent person. And Maggie Smith plays her very sweetly. Um, that's, you know, on purpose because we need to feel something when she is being tormented as the play goes on. Uh, she's sort of being set up in a way because um, Thiago is trying to trick Othello into thinking that his wife Desdemona is cheating on him with his friend um, Cassio. So there's a whole lot of manipulation and power plays going on. And um, Desdemona is like the literal victim of this story. Othello is the tragic hero and all that. But Desdemona is the one who really gets the ugly end of the stick throughout most of this play and especially in the end. And Maggie Smith plays her very, very nicely. It's, she's a person who you feel like you could get along with. If you saw her on the street, she would, you know, smile and wave and be very courteous and nice. And um, for the first half of the movie, I find it kind of boring, to be honest. It's very purposeful so that when her um, when the outcome happens and she is um, unjustly murdered, you feel something and you know she didn't deserve it. But it's not until about halfway through when this plot is really um, coming to a head 
where Maggie Smith really gets a, um, some meat to chew on. The role doesn't really get juicy until later on. But even still, by that point, I at least am so mentally checked out that I'm not all that interested in it. Maggie Smith is a wonderful actress. We've spoken about her so many times on this show. But this, there's something about this character of Desdemona that is 90% of the time very boring to me. Um, I'm sure there are productions and actresses who have taken the role and done something very unique with it, but I'm not getting that here. This is a very based production of Othello in the way that it's staged, um, a little controversial by today's standards also, but for the time from like a dramaturgy standpoint, it's, it's a pretty cut and dry um, production. So Maggie Smith, I think is perfectly fine, but um, nothing special. I would say about this particular Desdemona. I hate this so much. <laughs> okay, so I'm not kidding. I, I think I've said before how much I hate Shakespeare. Like, I fucking hate Shakespeare so much. I don't understand why people like Kenneth Branagh and, like, just the whole fucking country of England has this thing about Shakespeare. I get it. Literary masterpiece for his time, and it's stood the test of time. Okay, great. Congrats. Not, you know, whatever. Oh my god. It has taken me, I'm not kidding when I say I finished this movie this morning, and you know when I, when I started this movie? Two years ago. And I've told you that. Like, I could never finish it. And I have watched, tried to watch Othello in, like, 10-minute increments over the past, like, two years. And it, it, it I, I, no, <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, with that said, now that that is out of the way, I think Maggie Smith is fine. I think it's a safe performance for her. Um, I'm, I'm not blown away and. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep the bias that I have of Shakespeare out of it, but it's, it's, it's kind of hard. Um, I, it's an interesting, um, performance. Sure. I guess, um, you know, the character of Desdemona does really get the shit under the stick, but, uh, I'm not wowed by it. I'm not. And of course there's the issue of, you know, blackface Laurence Olivier and these blackface background characters and, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's an issue, um, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. How do you feel about our placement though? Cause you know, um, Globes put her in lead. I'm perfectly okay with her in supporting. Um, Othello is far from Desdemona's story. Um, she's a pivotal, um, device in the plot, I guess you could say. But I have no problem, really, with her being in supporting. I, I think of Othello as Iago and Othello's story. Yeah, if anything, I think the placement of the guy who, I can't even think of his name right now, but who plays Iago, he was put in supporting, and he has the longest supporting actor nomination in history of the Academy. I mean, he has like an hour and a half of screen time in this two-hour movie or two-hour 15 movie or however the fuck long it is. And that was odd. But yeah, I'm fine with Smith being in supporting here. I mean, I I definitely agree with that over the Globes putting her in lead. So I'm cool with it. Yeah, she brings a uh, like a quiet strength to mm -hmm. this character. Um, she's very statuesque throughout a lot of it. It's um, just the nature of the story. It doesn't really give her that much to do outside of being this gorgeous, 
love interest until about halfway through when um, the plot starts to thicken and she gets trapped in this really weird place where her husband suspects that she's having an affair, which she is not having because his best friend has convinced him um, due to reasons of jealousy and uh, anger. And it's really unfortunate for her. And I guess um, in a sense, you do feel for her at a certain point and it's ultimately completely unjust what happens to her. But this movie really, um, it's really grating and it's uh, difficult to get through. And I suppose by the time that actually happens, at least speaking for myself, um, I'm kind of just over the movie in general. So I suppose her performance in the second half is not quite as powerful as it could have been in the hands of a different director and with a different person playing Othello. Yeah. Dif- I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got for it. Because we have to actually come back to Othello here in a minute, but I need to take a break from Othello because, you know, this is the one I want to drag to Helen back. Well, let's move on a little bit to Peggy Wood as uh, Mother Abbess in Sound of Music. This is her sole nomination. Going into Oscar night, just a Golden Globe nomination for supporting. Um, She essentially is the Mother Superior in this pre... Well, it starts off as um, pre-Nazi-occupied Austria and um, does not end there. Um, And she's kind of like the word or the uh, words of wisdom, the, you know, mother superior who will protect her own. Um, Starts off kind of meek and ends up kind of being a badass bitch. Um, What do you think of Peggy Wood in The Sound of Music? So as good as Peggy Wood is in The Sound of Music, in many ways, I feel like she has Eleanor Parker's nomination. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, we can circle back around to that eventually, but I'm much more into Eleanor Parker in this movie than I am Peggy Wood. Uh, Peggy Wood has a whole lot of power to her. Uh, there is quite a bit of strength in her performance and in her vocal chops. Uh, she annihilates that song that she sings, and I am positive that is where her nomination came from. Because, I mean, if you can belt out a powerful song, you can get a nomination uh, from the Academy. Um, She's fine. I don't really have any negative things to say about her. Um, She stands her ground. She holds her own. She does everything she needs to do. Just as a character, I'm not quite as enamored with her as I am with, say, another supporting actress in this film, which is Eleanor Parker, who I get so much more out of as a character and I think Eleanor Parker is a little more playful as a performer and um, I really wish she had been the one nominated instead even though I have really nothing bad to say about Peggy Wood yeah I would have been um, intrigued to see how this would have played out for Eleanor Parker to start with that really quick especially because at this time she's a three-time Academy Award nominated actress you know what I mean Um, she definitely wasn't unknown in in this industry um i'm also intrigued to see like maybe if the two othello ladies didn't get in who would have been bumped essentially because i think everyone else is pretty much like stacked here when it comes to where their nomination would have come in um so it would have been interesting to see essentially how 65 would have played out if winter still would have taken it with parker there um, now, to go into Wood, I really like her here. Um, you know, she's in the beginning and she's in the end. She's not in the middle. I mean, there is a huge chunk of this movie where she is gone. Um, so it's kind of refreshing when she comes back because it's like, oh, yeah, she's here. Um, and I like it. You know, I think she's doing good work for what she's got. You know, it is a, it definitely a smaller role. Um, 
but I, I I'm not hating this one. I actually really like this one a lot. Um, you know, yeah, she belts out that song at the end really, really well. She, you know, she's again protecting her own. She's the mama, mama bear in a way. Um, I got no qualms with this one. I, I think Peggy Wood did great. Um, I'm glad that Peggy Wood is an Oscar nominated actress. Um, I also would say I'm not, I wouldn't have been mad had she won this, but that's not giving anything away here for me. I'm just saying I think it would have been a worthy win. Um, but I also see why people have an issue with this one, again, mainly because Eleanor Parker. A lot of people think that she should be there, and I get it. Um, but yeah, Wood's great. I like it. Anything yeah, else? I've got nothing wrong with it. I'm, I'm always supportive of supporting actors who get in with like true supporting, supporting parts. And Peggy Wood, as you said, is in a very small fraction of this film, and it's always refreshing when you see a nomination like that. So I always dig when that happens. Oh, for sure. You have been listening to a clip from one of our Academy Queens bonus episodes. If you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.